0: God is so good, amen, amen. hallelujah. We have uh, been working through a series, we took some time last week and Trudy kind of jumped into this and started teaching some things about, uh, just some simplicity things about faith itself, amen, and I believe answered a few questions for some folks, helping them out. Uh, we're still working on some things about faith. Um, we're going to 1 John uh, chapter 5 again, 1 John chapter 5, amen. Hallelujah. I, you know, sometimes you you wonder, you don't know how long, you know, you start preaching on something. In fact, when I started talking about, you know, ministering out of this text, um, I had no idea we were going to move into some kind of series. I usually don't. Most of the time, I just, this is what I know I'm supposed to minister today, and then it just kind of turns into a series or something. So, it's kind of how it happens, and so this is definitely one of those ones that um, it ended up being a lot several more weeks than what I thought it was going to be. And so, First John five, please, in verse uh, four and five, it says, "Whatever, for whatever is born of God." Everybody say, "Whatever." whatever. Okay, uh, every all uh, or the as a whole is what that word "whatever" means. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Okay, we've been talking about our faith. Who is He now who overcomes the world, right? But He uh, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, those that have received Christ. In fact, it repeats what they said in, in verse 1 here. Okay, so basically just bringing out that, um, that you are an overcomer and that your means of overcoming, amen, is by believing or by walking by faith. Amen, is what it's talking about. Now, it says in verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So whatever uh, comes out of God. Now, um, you're obviously a whosoever, but you're also a whatsoever in this text because since you've been born of God, in fact, that word born, there is a word uh, where we get our word uh, geneal, which we would get our word uh, regenerate. Uh, procreate beget conceive bring forth obviously Uh, be born of God since you've received Christ you've now been born of God which now throws you also in the category of a whatever all right so this whatever that's born of God anything that comes out of God that's been born out of God has the DNA in it that allows you and me to be overcomers okay So you've been born again. Now you're a new creation in Christ, which means now you have what it takes. You are called by the Word of God an overcomer. Now you may not feel like one, and you may not even look like one. But according to the Scripture, you are one. Amen. Because greater is He who's in you than he who's in the world, it says in the chapter earlier. Amen. So it's starting to talk about now whatever comes out of God. Now, obviously, the Word of God comes out of the Lord. It has the DNA to overcome. The armor of God comes out. The spirit of God. We can go on and on. All the things that are birthed out of God. Amen. And most of them are tools and weaponry, so to speak, that we use, amen, to overcome the world. Are you with me? Because it's all designed, amen, with the DNA uh, to overcome. The word overcome is Nikael. It's a word that means to subdue, to conquer or prevail. It it breaks it down. and means to get or gain a decisive victory. Everybody say decisive victory. Now, what that means is that everybody has things that you're, in a sense, in warfare for or in battle for. There's a specific, amen, thing that you're in need of. Sometimes we look at that, we generalize it, and then we lose sight of the specifics of it. Okay? Because whatever it is you're in, whatever is you're dealing with, you're dealing with something with your health, you're dealing with something with your uh, your finance, something with your, your family, your marriage, your kids. We can go kind of on and on and on of all different things. So it it's there, amen. We're here to overcome and gain a decisive victory. So your faith, it says here again, verse 4 again, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So our faith. Amen is, in a sense, uh, the, well, in fact, the word victory. Let's look at that real quick. I don't think I gave you that. That's the word. We get our word Nike. Well, we look at it as the word Nike. It actually might be pronounced as Nike. Okay, but we see it as Nike. Amen. And uh, it means conquest, triumph, but literally the means of success, breakthrough, amen, or progress. So, in other words, let's bring it out just find it. Put it all together here. So your faith, your faith, your confidence, your reliance, your dependence, your trust. These are all synonyms of this word faith. Amen. Your conviction. In fact, the scripture brings out in, in Hebrews 11, it talks about our patriarchs of faith. Amen. And really, the, we call them like the faith hall of fame, so to speak. Right. Men and women of God who've done great things. And it says, by their faith they did this. By their faith, they did this. By their faith, they did this. See, by faith, amen, they, and the, the, it implies by their faith. And every one of them, if you kind of look at that, in which maybe someday we will with this, but every one of them, they somehow or another showed, amen, by their action, amen, their faith. Amen. Some of them were just by their conviction to stand. People like Daniel, people like Uh, like Noah. Amen. People like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. All right. These are people that that stood with a conviction because that's their faith. By their faith, they overcame the fiery furnace. By their faith, they overcame uh, the the lion's den. By their faith, they, they build an ark. Come on, somebody. By their faith, they please God. Are you with me? Now, the point I'm making is that your faith Amen. Your faith is the means of your progress, your success, your victory. Amen. To gain that decisive victory. In other words, it's like your faith is the vehicle you jump in that takes you toward a decisive victory. Everybody say decisive. Decisive. Okay. So, whatever it is you're standing for right now, amen. If there's a promise in that word that is aimed toward whatever it is you're dealing with. And I'll just kind of give you a little heads up. I'm sure there is. Because they've said anywhere from seven to 10,000 promises in the Word of God that deals with everything. Amen. From your salvation to someday going home to be with Jesus. Come on, somebody. we got all kinds of promises that you have in there. Okay. Now, the point is, is that there's a promise in that Word for you, if you'll grab hold of that, now by your faith, you hop in that, in that, that, that means of success. Amen. You hop in that, that means, that vehicle, so to speak, and you're heading down the road now to a decisive victory because in hand you have a promise. Amen. Your faith now, grab hold of that, takes it to gain a decisive victory. Not some generalized thing, praise God for that, but it's about a decisive victory. Now, some of our testimonies that have been coming up, okay, we have people who have been standing. You know, Mr. Matt, I'm going to use him again because I just think it's a great testimony. Uh, He's taking the Word of God and by prayer, amen, taking time every day, multiple times a day, praying the Word, speaking the Word, and his physical body, because that same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in his mortal body, and he's activating it by jumping in the vehicle, so to speak, of his faith with a, amen, with a promise in hand and moving toward a decisive victory. And as a result of it, praise God, those numbers that were way up here that they're literally telling, they told him, go home, get everything in order, And if anybody knows what's going on in that man's life, I know what's going on in that man's life. And he could have just said, forget it, I'm going home. But he took the word of God, he took what he's been hearing, he began to apply it. And now those numbers that were way up here, they said there was no hope. All of a sudden, now he's got hope. And I know there are many others in here who've got the same kind of breakthroughs and miracles in different areas of our life. some of you have definitely been due to healing. Amen. Our sister here, that was a breakthrough. She's been hearing things, standing on the word, speaking the word, doing what's necessary, hopped on the vehicle, heading down the road toward a decisive victory with a promise in hand. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. Amen. The New Living Translation of this verse here in chapter 5 says, we achieve this victory through our faith. The Message Translation says, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The Passion Translation says, uh, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Are you with me? Now, according to this book, and even in this chapter alone, it declares that you're an overcomer. So, amen, you're an overcomer, and by your means of success, come on, amen. In other words, you believing in it, that you're an overcomer, automatically puts you on a road toward a decisive victory. Are you with me? Now, what we've been talking about in this part of the series, we've been talking about roadblocks. and I thought it was worthy of bringing it out like this, because here we are, you know, with a promise in hand, riding along in our faith, amen, our means of success to get a decisive victory. But the problem is there's roadblocks, things that, that mess up the whole thing. Last week we talked about uh, about unbelief, how unbelief gets in the way. It becomes a roadblock. And really, it's just a matter of simplicity, understanding what shuts down your faith. You're driving along in your means of success. What shuts it down? What stops it? What derails you? What causes you to end up in the ditch? Jesus said, in fact, uh, I don't know if I gave him the verses or not, but Luke 17 uh the uh, apostles were asking, said, increase our faith. And he said, if you have faith, as a mustard seed. Yeah. You could say literally to this mulberry tree, which I believe in context, I, I think I brought it out a little bit a week or so ago. Uh, it's it's really in, in in their part of the world. It was kind of a more of a nuisance type tree. One of those that has the suckers and you leave it alone and it just takes over everything. So it's he's literally saying, if you have even just a mustard seed of faith, you could, you could pluck up that nuisance and command it to be gone. Amen. The passion brings out, he says, that if, even if you have the smallest measure of faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this tree, amen, to be plucked up by the roots and thrown, amen, into the sea. Are you with me? The... Matthew's account, uh, one of the other accounts, Jesus talking again about the mustard seed in Matthew, I believe it's 17 and 20. He said, if you had a a faith as a mustard seed, everybody say mustard mustard seed. Okay. You would say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. So what's a mountain? Well, a mountain means that which lifts itself above you or elevates or towers itself over you. So he's talking about now, this problem, this situation okay we want to decide everybody say decisive victory because right now that mountain is telling me it ain't happening right now that nuisance of a thing is trying to consume me, st- distract me, pull me off of this but yet I'm still called by God to get on get on that means of success, get your faith in gear, get going down the road with a promise in hand to get a decisive victory, regardless of the mountain, regardless of the tree, regardless of the nuisance, regardless of what's trying to tower over you, That you can do this. All it takes is a mustard seed of faith. Now, Trudy brought up last week, I appreciated that. She said about the mustard seed, she read up on a mustard seed. Of course, it's one of the smallest, tiniest seeds. But it says that the mustard plant can't be cross-pollinated. I, I think it's perfect because what it's talking about is, you know, we're talking about mustard seed faith. We're talking about a, a, a faith that's not cross-pollinated, a faith that's not, that's not you know, contaminated, a faith that's not somehow cut short, somehow interrupted, somehow, amen. We want want pure faith, right faith, faith that works, amen, without any kind of roadblock or distraction or hindrance or whatever. Are you with me? Because sometimes what it is is you've got the faith that it takes to overcome because you are an overcomer. But what happens, all the little things that we allow that distract the things that we allow to cut us short, derail us, that gets in the way. And then it complicates everything. Somebody said to me one time, you know, I wish you wouldn't talk this stuff because you're beating me up. My heart is not do any of that. You know, you know sometimes you say, well, you, you shouldn't probably preach on this because... Brother so and so is going through this, and sister so and so is going through this, and brother so and so is going through that. And I'm thinking, okay, well, when do I preach it? When everybody's life's already perfect? Because I've I've been pastoring for over 30 years, and I ain't had that day yet. So I guess I'm just going to preach it as he leads, and not worry about what everybody thinks. Because I want you to win. I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to be derailed. I want you to win. Okay. Now, with that said, go with me to James. James 1. All right. Are you with me or not? All right. Now, scriptures talk about, I believe it's like uh, Romans 3, I believe it is. and it It uses the phrase, the law of faith. The law of faith. Because it's a principle. It's referring to, um, you know, a um, a principle, a um, like a law, like the law of gravity, is a principle that you could say all day long. I don't agree with, um, but you're still grounded. You can say I don't agree with that. I'm going to jump off this building and I'm going to soar because the Bible says I can soar like an eagle. So bless God, I'm flapping my wings and I'm going to soar. And before I'm done, I'll be 10,000 feet above the air, soaring with my arms a-flapping. Well, you could say all day long you don't believe in the law of gravity, but how many know it worketh? And you're going to find out in a few seconds how well it does work. Am I right? Well, the law of faith is the same kind of thing. It works, see. Now, you could say all day long, I don't agree with that. Yeah, that's not how I see it. Bless God. Well, you know, how's that working for you? Because it is a law, it's a principle. So all we want to do is take what he said about this principle, this law, amen, and activate it so it works without hindrance, without derailing ourselves. All right? Now, has anybody ever blown it? Raise your hand if you've blown it. All seven of you, let's try that again. Anybody ever blown it? Look around. Keep your hand up. Anybody ever blown it? Now, are you just lying to me? I know some of you are real close to being perfect, but there's a few. of you I think there's still something in there we, we don't know totally about yet, but bless God, we'll find out. No. Okay, so, so everybody in the room has done some things that weren't totally always right. Yep. Praise God, we're in the right room then. All right, so that means it doesn't matter, amen, where we're at. We do know this. The blood of Jesus is wonderful. The mercy of God is wonderful. Come on. huh? Praise God for remission of sins. Come on. Praise God that he's covered our past mistakes and failures. Somebody say amen. Amen. And guess what? I I hate to burst your bubble, but you're probably even going to have a few more along the way. The point is this. We're going to learn some things, grow some things. And along the way in learning these things, we find out sometimes where we might have missed it here. We didn't quite do it right here. I gave up here, was an unbelief here, and today we're going to talk about a scene called Doubt." Because doubt gets in the way. Who? Doubt has, and probably always will create the majority of the problems and issues that we later regret. And it's something so simple to get a victory over, but it's there nevertheless. James 1, I guess I should get there, and it says in verse, let's see, for sake of time, we're going to go to verse 6, okay, I think through the course, we'll probably come back up and read more of this, but verse 6 says, let him ask in faith, everybody say in faith. faith. Okay, why do you ask? Because he said to. It's not that complicated. Okay, why do we ask? We ask because he said, why do we pray? Because he said to. Word says if you ask, you receive. You seek, you find, you knock, the door's open. So you got to ask, seek, and knock, amen, because he, he tells us to. So here he says, ask in faith. Okay, so everybody say in faith. So here's your means of success to your victory right here or to your decisive victory. So he said, ask, okay, hop in the rig. Let's go, get in the rig. Where are we go? Just get in the rig. Okay, where are we headed? Toward a decisive victory. Okay, so ask in faith, get in the rig i got to have you in the rig. i got to get you moving down the right right direction here so we can get a decisive victory here. Ask in faith with, uh uh-oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. With what? No doubting. Okay, now, now I didn't write this. I know sometimes you think I make this stuff up. I didn't make this up, right? Now, come on. See, let him ask in faith. Praise the Lord, that sounds great. But then he adds this, he says, with no doubting. Okay, for he who doubt not, listen, I didn't make this up. For he who doubts is like a wave. Notice he's talking about the individual that's doubting. So here you are going down the road, amen, and your means of success toward a decisive victory, but something gets in the way, and he says this thing called doubt, when it gets in the way, you're like a now a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Has anybody ever doubted before? Yes. Well, what does the word doubt mean? Maybe we better define that first. Uh Diacrino, I, I believe that's how that's pronounced. Might have butchered that a little bit, but I believe that's real close. It just means to be partial or s- separate, okay? But it means things like hesitate. These are just some synonyms here to hesitate, stagger, or wafer, or waver, not wafer, waver. Amen. But it means in a sense to be undecided, okay? Uh, as I've brought out many times about this word, uh, the root word comes from a, a root word "dis," which means to twice, again. Which means basically, what happens is you're moving along, but all of a sudden here comes another thought, Amen. That's now creates this wavering, this staggering, this indecision. Are you with me? You see, you got in the road because you made a decision. I'm heading this way. This is where I'm going. I want my victory. But then all of a sudden something happens, a distraction, something goes on, you feel it, you hear it, and all of a sudden what it does, it creates now this indecision, this staggering, okay, now what happens is it it now now runs you off course. So you're now like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, verse 7 please. Uh, For let not, now get this, let not that man or woman suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That just sounds flat out mean. I just don't get it, Lord. I mean, come on, it's me, it's Jerry. Don't don't think you're going to receive. See, the law of faith is this. You believe it, you receive it. You don't, you won't. If you doubt it, you do without it. That is the law of faith. Now, it's designed to work for you, not against you. So don't get mad and get all upset and offended. Are you hearing me? Just say, okay, something isn't working. Let's figure it out. You could sit alongside the road, kicking your car all you want to. Throw a little tantrum. And everybody that drives by goes, there's an idiot. (laughs) Did kicking the car make it, Now it depends maybe what you kick. But did kicking the car isn't going to change it? You can get all mad at your car all day long, but maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe the car needs gas. Maybe you forgot to maintain it and something else is happening. Listen, okay, now listen, uh, the point is, is that we don't get mad at God. We don't get mad at ourselves. We don't get mad at the principle of faith. We just go, okay, it's not working. I want to get in this thing. I want to get going down the road so I gain a decisive victory. Now, the promise says it's mine because all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. So if, if he's promising that, my God does not lie, by the way. He does not lie. And my God actually is good all the time. Now, we have an enemy who likes to mess with you. And somehow distract you, somehow get you somehow flustered, somehow gets you to quit, give up. So we're going to have to resist the enemy. Now part of our resistance is making sure that we do the things necessary to keep the roadblocks, so to speak, out from in front of us. Unbelief was one. Today this is a thing called doubt. So let not that man. Suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, please. For he is, here we go, a double-minded. Double see that word die, dis, okay, it's come talking about here. Now it's a secondary thought. He's a double-minded, he's undecided. Now you can't make up your mind whether you're gonna believe this or not believe this. Now, if Pastor says, Are you gonna believe it? You're gonna say, yeah. Well, of course, Pastor. See, he's not asking you to tell your pastor what he wants to hear. He's trying to locate you. Now, who wants a decisive victory? Amen. Who have things right now you're believing for? You're believing for any, certain things. It could be health. It could be finance. It could be family things. Only two of you? That is a lie. How many in here are believing for something? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay. So you're believing for something. Okay, so Jesus said, by your faith, you're delivered. By your faith, you're healed. He even said to a couple boys, according to your faith, so be it. Could you praise God they had it in check because they got healed. But he told them specifically, according to your faith. In other words, will you heal me according to your faith? Are you in the car? Are are, are you driving down the road? Is there there anything blocking this? See, it's according, where where are you headed right now? Are you actually in the ditch or are you on the road? Because it's going to be according to that because you're going to get mad at me if you walk away from here just as sick as when you came up. And don't tell me that don't happen because there were times when the word said he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief come on somebody so he says okay according to your faith you have it or is it all in check it's in check okay he ministered to him they got healed we've brought up many times through this series the father who brought the epileptic son he said if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes the father says if you can do anything do it he said no 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 that's how it works There's no question about whether God can do this or not. I'll try this side. There's no question that God can do this. We just want to know, can you believe? Let's get you, you know, on the right road here, get the roadblock gone, get you on the road to get a decisive victory. Now that father caught it, changed it within seconds. So somebody say, praise the Lord, which means then, See, this principle is here to work for us, not against us. It's not here to make you look like you ain't got no faith. Where's your faith, brother? What's your problem? No, it's about, listen, right now we're not on the road. Let's get on the road. Right now we're not where we need to be. Let's let's adjust it. Let's change it. Let's get on it. He made one adjustment in that, Father, a quick adjustment, a quick tweak in the thinking. All of a sudden his believer's in check now. Bang, he gets a miracle, he goes home with a boy delivered. Matter of seconds. So, doubt creates an unstableness. A double-minded man now is unstable in all his ways. Boy, you think about that, I think, man, that is so true. Because right here, you're believing for something. Something ain't quite clicking like you want. It just affects everything. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at God. You got all these ill thoughts. You're mad at the preacher because talking faith. What's his problem? All this stuff begins to, this agitation begins to come. You're unstable. All it takes is let's just get the doubt gone. Get it out. Get that indecision gone. Get the staggering and the stumbling and the wavering gone. Settle it. What are you here to believe for? Well, okay. Let's look at some more. Go with me to Matthew. or probably, Let's go to Mark. Let's do that. We'll go to Mark. We'll skip one here. Mark 11. How about this? Can't talk about this without talking about Mark 11, right? Come on. Mark 11. You with me? Come on. Stay with me here. I got a place I got to get to, so let's just stay stay with me. Are you still with me? Yes. All right. All right. Now, Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered. Of course, this is after the the, with, the fig tree, amen, was cursed, amen. The disciples saw it, the, saw it in action, praise God, saw it happen, praise God. So they said, he said this, have faith in God. We know that's a good thing. How I mean, if you're going to put faith in something, put it in God, right? Come on now. Amen, put your confidence, your reliance, your dependence in God. For assuredly, I say, now these are words in red. Is yours in red? Mine's in red. Amen, maybe you're reading your phone or whatever, but anyway. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, that thing that towers over them, that thing is trying to dictate their life. That thing is trying to control their household. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be outcast in the sea, and does not, uh-oh, doubt in his heart. In fact, the Amplified does not doubt at all in his heart, which is actually pretty key, okay? All right, so, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says Matthew's account of this same thing says, surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. Okay, in other words, you'll say to the mountain and if you have faith and do not doubt. Here it says, he does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things, he says, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things. Do you notice there's a lot of whatevers and a lot of alls and a lot of... See, we always look at that, well, you know, well, maybe he doesn't mean everything or maybe... You know, you know, you know. If it be His will, well, what's His will? Well, His word. Well, did you find a promise? Yeah, then it's His will, right? The boys came to came to Jesus and and or a couple of the people that were needing a miracle, and they said, "If it be Your will, heal us." And he says, "I will." Very it. We answered it. I, it's my will to heal. Okay. So th- that, that's not even the question anymore. The question is, can we hook up to the promise, hop in the vehicle, in our means of, our means of success, head toward a decisive victor, victory with that promise in hand, and get the decisive victory? That's what matters. Okay? So everything else now <clears throat> has to line up with that. Right? Right? So therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe. That you receive them, and you will them. have them or receive them, right? Amen. Right? Come on, that's a good thing, right? Okay. Let's. Let's. I'm going to get back to this, but uh, Matthew 14. Since we're in uh, real close here, let's go to Matthew 14. Are you with me? Yes. I ask that a lot, don't I? You know, there's a purpose for it. You know that, right? Because sometimes you're just in here in mode, you know, put in an autopilot, and you're not really listening. So sometimes I like to ask you, are you with me? Okay, because there could be a chance you're not. There could be a chance you're just, I'm tired. I need lunch. Whatever. All right. So and sometimes that's all it takes. And then you check out, you're no longer connected. And then you miss out on the powerful truth that's coming across the word right now. Anyway. All right. So. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, verse 23, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, according to Scripture, okay, on some of the other uh, texts here in the, in the Gospels, there was no other boats. So what do we do now? So He knows by God he's supposed to go to the other side. In fact, he told the disciples already. He already knew that. You go to the other side. I'll be over there in a bit. So he knew he was going to go. Well, he gets to the shore. There's no more boats. Well, what do we do? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I guess God didn't know what he was talking about. No, God knew exactly what he was talking about. Okay, there's no boat. What else do you do? Well, You walk. You walk. Because there's a lot of Christians, I think there's that's something in that. Because there's a lot of Christians say, "Well, everything ain't perfect. I, I'm grounded. Well, just because all the all the signal lights aren't green doesn't mean you can't back out of the garage and get moving. You just start moving. And if the car don't run, well, we walk. Am I the only one seeing this? Well, he didn't always walk on water. You know, sometimes he actually rode in the boat and slept. Because what? He was tired. What a day. A lot of delivering and healing and teaching these guys and having to reteach him and reteach him. And reteach him. Reteach him. And reteach him. Leave me alone, I'm tired. The point is, here you he go, going along. Now he's walking on the water. All right, is that right? Is that what happens? Is that what your Bible says? Okay, the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear, which is another one of them roadblocks, but maybe we'll get to another time. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Okay, so obviously you've got to get rid of that mess. And Peter answered him and said, Lord. See, Peter always opens his mouth. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What's Jesus going to say? It's not me. I just lied to you. No, 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 right, come on. Now, the point is that sometimes we just miss the simplicity of this. So he said, what? Come. So Jesus spoke a word, and Peter now is, come on, he's now following the word, okay? And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked, oh, my gosh, Is that what it says? It didn't, it didn't refer, it ain't referring to Jesus here. Now it's referring to Peter. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Does yours say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Verse 30. But, oh, my gosh, sometimes them things get in the way. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Okay, everybody say he saw something. Now, a lot of times we're going to look at this as far as distraction because the word says, you know, an eye focused on him who's the author and finisher of our faith. Amen, he got his eye off. But see, it's, it's more than just a focus thing because it creates something. Diocrino creates, amen, a secondary thought. And he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, what? Save me. Now, back up, and this is amazing how things just happen. Okay, here he says, Lord, uh, let's see, I got to go back up another verse. Lord, okay, he goes from, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Okay, now go down to verse 30. Now he's saying, Lord, save me. Now, does that ever is that exemplify anybody else's life? <laughs> because that's what a secondary thought will do. Bid me to come, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Until he says, I want to use you. Oh, heck no. Now he says, Lord, save me. Now this isn't the first time these kind of things have happened. Am I right? I mean, Lord, we would die for you. Later on he says, I don't even know the guy. Am I right? Huh? One minute they love him and they're all with him. The next minute they're all offended and leaving. How about this? One, one, one minute, they're all going, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The next, I mean, we're just talking, you know, not but hardly any time later, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You bunch of flakes. Right? Now, how many of us have been there? One minute, we're saying one thing, but due to, he saw something Come on, he saw something. See, he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now, uh, Pastor, what are you getting at? Well, because the thought is I'm a fisherman. I'm out in a boat that I shouldn't be in right now. In the midst of a sea, I shouldn't be in. Now standing on water, which I knew doesn't work. Because what did it do? It created thoughts. Come on, somebody. Here came now. Now the indecision part sets in, and you go, what the heck am I doing here? So beginning to sink now. So that tells me he was on top of the water. And we can't really pick on him too much because at least he got out of the boat. Come on, somebody. Now, let's go to verse 31 because this is where it wraps it up. So he says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. So praise the Lord. Now, you know, a lot of times I talk this, and we always have a little funny with it, but I'm pretty sure he didn't drag him through the water back to the boat. Now, I don't know. We could get there. He could give us a replay, and we go, oh, daggone it, he did. I mean, I don't know. You know, I could be wrong. But, but it says he reached out stretched and he caught him. And at that moment, see, now his, his, his focus obviously changed again. Come on. But he makes a statement to him. You have little faith. That literally means a short burst because that's exactly what it was. Because sometimes we're guilty of the short burst. Is anybody hearing me? Because sometimes like, yes, we'll even die for you, Lord. All the way in, Lord, I'm believing. get in the car. Crank the tunes, of course. Amen. right? I'm going and then all of a sudden, oh, I saw something. And it creates a thing and you all of a sudden you realize, what the heck am I doing going down the road in this car? I must be nuts. I must be crazy. And everybody else just happens to hook up with you and go, you're right. You are nuts. And you are crazy. How could you believe that? I mean, just look. How could you actually think that way? What's your problem? Oh, oh, you're one of those. You ever heard that one? They look at you like... "Mm." Yeah. Okay, so what does all that happen? Well, it's just people being mean. No, it's the enemy distracting you, trying to get you to look at something else and then take another thought that creates now an indecision which now automatically puts a roadblock. Do not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. For you're now wavering, come on. It creates this instability. It creates now this thing where you're now looking like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. Well, I'm gonna get mad at God because at least I got in the car. He says, I want you in the car and I want you to get a decisive victory but you're not going to get a decisive victory with your promise in hand if you're going to be all over the map. It ain't going to happen. Is anybody hearing me today? Now, you still love the preacher, man, or not? I, I don't, it's kind of like we're starting to feel this, kind of this, you know, kind of feel something here. Listen, we're not picking on anybody. We've all been guilty of this mess. You're going along, I'm gonna believe God. And then somebody says, well, but you didn't know that. What? Oh my God. What'd you do? <laughs> 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 Come on. Come on. Whoa, what happened? I did an endo. Whoa, that was crazy. What the heck was I thinking? That car's unsafe. It's got to be the road. It surely ain't the driver. Oh, you have a little short burst of faith. (laughs) Why did you... Why did you doubt, man? And of course, they got in the boat. The wind ceased. Praise ye the Lord. And they all went, whoa. He must be the Son of God. Right? Come on, right? All right. Now, I want to just close with this. So why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. That would help me to keep to my word. All right. Now. believing in the heart the core of the center says here okay and doubt not which means that in this core sometimes that's where you know here come the thoughts hit and then pretty soon in here we're we're kind of struggling that's where all the indecision begins to happen which then see everything comes out of the heart everything comes out of the heart of man the issues of life come out of the heart of man the good the bad the ugly come out of the heart of man come on somebody everything comes out of the heart of man everything does that means the core the center of an individual. That's your decision maker, okay? We could even sometimes even call it maybe the will of man right here. <clears throat> so what you feed it, how you maintain it, is going to determine how it's going to lead you. Are you with me? Now, the point being is this. Um, the Amplified brought out in Mark 11 that because he uh, did not doubt, you know, it says, believe or probably believed with all his heart and did not doubt. We say all the heart all because <sighs> Proverbs 3 is a good one here. It says, Trust in the Lord with a piece of your heart. Oh, I'm sorry, what? That a oh, wrong translation. Trust in the Lord with a fraction of your heart. I, I, what? All you got to be kidding me. Really? Is that even possible? Yeah. With all your heart? You can do that. And then it says, and lean not. So it tells me, if something happens, that all of a sudden pulls your attention, and if you don't watch it, pretty soon it gets down here and it just muddies the waters, and next thing you know, you're, you're off the road. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. So you're going to have to purpose to trust in the Lord with all your heart, which means, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to do what it takes. In fact, if you get, especially in Proverbs, it brings it out very much about the fact that how you maintain the heart, how you guard it, protect it, and keep it, amen. Jesus talked many times about what you sow into it, what you deposit into it. All of it's gonna play a piece on this, amen. But the key is this, I wanna be at a place with my heart, that with my whole heart, I'm heading toward a decisive victory that there's nothing else now muddying up the waters and creating roadblocks that stop me. So what happens when all of a sudden, It's not happening. Well, I get mad at God. Blame everything else. Is that what we do? Okay, now listen, if you don't get anything else, get this. Okay, this is where you stop and you go, okay, somewhere I created a roadblock. Okay, whatever. No condemnation, no guilt. There's not even none of that even in there. It's just a matter of, let's get the roadblock gone. So you probably have to, in a sense... Get out, walk up there, grab that little roadblock, pull it out of the way. Get back in this baby. Get going again. Now don't try this at home. No. no, no. Somebody's gonna say, Pastor told me to remove the roadblocks. So I'm removing your roadblocks. No. I'm talking about your roadblocks, not not amen. Anyway. The point is this, sometimes that's all it is. Get out, amen. Make the adjustment, change what you gotta do, get the roadblock gone. Amen. Many times, this is Pastor Jerry, okay? You find your own thing, it works. I will go, Pat, or I will, Father, forgive me. I know better than this. Okay, I know what's going on. I'm in doubt and unbelief right now. I know that. I'm in fear right now. I'm in whatever. Okay, right? Sometimes it's all it is, and so it creates that thing, and now all of a sudden that, that unstable, staggering, undecided thing is now dictating. And you, if, you, if you watch for it, you'll pick it up. And right then you can go, Lord, forgive me. I remove that mess in Jesus' name. I choose to believe God. I'm standing on the promise of God, and the promise of God says this. Amen. That's right. Now I'm back in the rig heading down a road toward a decisive victory. Now, you may have to do that multiple times before you see the decisive victory. But you have to be willing to do it. And you don't just get mad because God ain't doing this. No, God is doing it, amen, in the vehicle of your faith to get a decisive victory. You just got to stay, amen, on the road, keep that thing moving forward, and take care of anything else that's trying to distract you or knock you off or roadblock you. Can I hear a big amen? And it's not that complicated. Sometimes it's just a matter of I repent. Sometimes I will go to the mirror and look, and I go, Roberts, knock it off. Change. Get back in the rig. Get her going. Amen. It could be that simple. Just because a doubt comes doesn't mean that you have to stay in doubt. But understand, you will not receive if you're in doubt or unbelief. And there's a few other things. You just have to settle it. Okay, that's gone in Jesus' name. Bang! Hit it again. That's why you stay with it, keep at it, and you'll get your victory. Praise God. And then you're given a minute miracle. Hallelujah! I want you to know what God did in my life. Hallelujah! Well, God's good. Amen.